love you. I love you too. Mom came back then, coffee in hand, and her face streaked with dried tears. There was a hell of a line at Tim Horton's. Sorry for the delay. Dad came back shortly after that, his face tight and his gaze assessing how Nana was doing. Mom, Tony is picking up Brian, and they're heading over to the house. Stephen will come by here a bit later. Nana patted my hand. Why don't you go for a walk, dear? Stretch your legs a bit. I got you a large double-double. Mom handed me a coffee as I got up. I forgot how big these were. Dump it if you can't drink it all. Thanks. Mom hugged me, holding me longer than she normally would. I saw there was a nice little sitting area down the hall, if you're looking for a quiet spot. We're not going anywhere, so come back in when you're ready. I will. I left them and headed toward the direction Mom had indicated. My thoughts bounced around, remembering my times with Great Glenna. Her home had been a large old farmhouse in Anagonish, Nova Scotia. When I was a kid, we'd go to visit her sometimes, taking Nana with us. I didn't remember much of the place, but even as a kid, I knew that the house was more than a little run down. Some summers, she'd board a plane and would make the trip herself to stay with Nana for a month, usually July. I loved the lilt of her voice, the way her eyes would sparkle, telling you she was up to something. I loved her East Coast accent and the way she'd say certain words that made them sound oh so very Canadian. Damn it. It became hard to take a breath without my body shaking. I needed to sit down to have some time to pull my shit together before I could even think of going back to my family. The signs for the sitting area directed me down the hall. The coffee was starting to heat my hand through the cardboard cup. Mom never remembered to ask them to double-cup it. When I finally got to the room, there was a couple inside talking to someone who looked to be hospital staff. Best if I stay out of here, then. A quick look around, and I discovered a chair against a wall a few feet away. That would be as good a place as any. The hallway was quiet, except for the hum of voices in the other room and the rattle of air coming through a vent. I sat on the over-padded fake leather chair and waited for the air to hiss from the cushion as my weight settled before I looked at the envelope. Little Glenna. It was dainty, small, so unlike the woman who penned it. I laid it on my lap, not ready to open it yet. Instead, I drank my coffee, letting the caffeine, sugar, and cream do their best to boost my spirits and charge my body. It was artificial, but would hopefully help get me through the next few hours. Great Glenna's letter waited. I finished my coffee and set the cup on the floor. I took a breath then another before I finally picked it up to examine it once more. It was thin, probably only containing a single sheet of paper. 
Nana had said this was a goodbye from the woman who was currently connected to life support machines on the opposite end of the floor. She was still living, still holding on. She was speaking to me, even though she couldn't. I closed my eyes and made up my mind that I would do this now. I slid my thumb beneath the lip and gently tugged the envelope open. I was right in that there was only a single sheet of paper, but wrong that it was the only thing inside. She'd folded it in thirds, as though it were hugging the other item, a picture. Before I opened the letter, I shook it to the side and the photograph slid out. When I'd been very young, Great Glenna had taken me to the Eaton Center on one of her visits to Toronto. We'd gone into a photo booth and had our picture taken together. Two generations bound by a single...